1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt, joined now by Congressman Dan Crenshaw. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? Good morning, Hugh. Good to be with you. Thank you. I want to ask you about your hotline for critical race theory complaints. But first... Yesterday, you said Gwen Berry, who finished third, I believe, in the hammer throw and did not want to uh, face the American flag when it went up at the trials, ought to be tossed off the Olympic team. Did you notice she was wearing a Puma shirt?
0: I I didn't didn't notice.
1: Yeah, Puma uh, makes about a quarter to a half of their material in China. Before we kick her off, do you want her to talk about China and what they're doing with their slave labor?
0: You, you you can't presuppose that these activist athletes really know much about their own activism and the contradictions that they fall into you know so that would, that would be that would be raising the expectations a little too high um look I, I i thought it was kind of funny how i became the face of this entire thing um you know i just i just answered a what i thought was a just a regular question on fox and uh Pointed out what I thought was pretty obvious. If, if you're going to represent the Team USA, you should, um, well, you should like the USA, and the mere the, the, the notion of supporting the United States that you shouldn't offend you. But uh, if you're going to be on Team USA, after all, and I think a lot of people agree with that. But um, next thing I know, I was trending on Twitter, and uh, it, it's just it's funny these days what will trigger the less meltdown. And um, it, it seems like patriotism to them means tearing down your country. I mean, it, it really has gotten to that. I, I don't think that's an overstatement. I don't think I'm throwing out red meat here. I think that seems to just be true. And Jen Psaki it, it, it essentially said that defending Glenn Barry. She said, you know, I can't think of anything more patriotic than, than uh, you know, protesting against our country. And not something our country is doing, mind you, just, just the country in general. It's like we love the country so much that we want to completely revolutionize and change it. That, that's sort of how the left uh, feels about their country. It's like, could you imagine telling your wife that? I, I just love you so much. I just want everything about you to be different, though. Yep. I mean, you, I mean would that be love or would that be some kind of sadistic sort of relationship? Um, now I, I
1: know what they're going to do next. They're going to suggest that you are Joe McCarthy reborn with an eye patch from Texas and uh, whatever the merits of your military record and your heroism, you're still Joe McCarthy, tail gunner Joe, because you want to give litmus tests on patriotism to athletes. To which you will respond, what Dan Crenshaw?
0: Yeah, you know, and, and they, they also accuse me of uh, oh, this is cancel culture, Dan. I thought you were you know I thought you were against cancel culture, but aren't you doing cancel culture now? And I would say no. Look, th- this is a pretty reasonable discussion about standards of behavior. I mean, if if an Astros player stepped onto the field wearing a Yankees outfit, uh, there'd, there'd be a problem, right? They'd, they'd say, "Hey, you can't play." Um, and again, so you're representing Team USA. You're not representing the Lakers. You're representing Team USA. So I think I think a, a, a you know small standards of behavior, um, such as standing for the anthem, just according to the rules. Are, are perfectly in line with expectations, and, and why isn't it cancel culture? And this is a, this is actually a really good topic to hit because even I think conservatives get this wrong a lot too. I think everybody gets it wrong. So we got to define cancel culture properly. Cancel culture is bypassing normal debate um, by beating somebody over the head with uh, with some kind of accusation. Okay, so that's that's cancel culture, and it and it and it happens over something that is. Generally unintentional, maybe a bad joke, maybe a past comment that's taken out of context, uh, maybe just a slip of the tongue, or over something that you know is traditionally okay but is now not okay according to the woke left, right? And they desire to cancel you over it. So it's usually something that really shouldn't be that controversial that is controversial now. Now, why isn't this cancel culture? Because this person deliberately stepped into the fray. Like She deliberately tried to make a skeptical of herself. Now, it, it of course, claimed that it was a, an ambush, which I thought was just a hilarious uh, explanation from Glenn Barry that uh, this, this anthem just unexpectedly played, like which is, of course. I didn't not, hear
1: that. Did she really say that?
0: Yeah. That's 100% true. Yep. Claimed that okay. it uh, unexpectedly played, and she felt ambushed. <laughs> she felt, okay. felt ambushed by her own national anthem. They yeah, didn't, yeah, she's never
1: watched uh, an award ceremony before. Um, I, it's, you I know, every that. Olympics, <laughs> it's always the same. They play the anthem of the people standing on the platform. Now, if, that, if I'm wrong about that, I will be corrected, but I generally believe that is an expectation that is sort of built in to the process.
0: You'd be right. You'd be right. Uh, everybody else seemed to be uh, ready for it you know um congratulations to our first and second place winners uh those two women you know deserved to win and they were very they were proud of their country which is like the vast majority of athletes let's, let's be honest um the vast majority of them but there's these there's these like few that love to get attention and then claim to be victims after they after they deliberately got their attention so it, it, you know it's a very dishonest form of activism as well um you know they they wanted they want it to seem like it's very organic and and um and just it just out of you know in the moment, but it's really not. You know, she she so, had a shirt so with her that said "activist athlete."
1: Let let me try and and uh, elaborate on your definition. Cancel culture cancel culture is reactive to a unintentional entry into a controversial area that is punished by cancellation. Controversy attaches itself to controversial actions, and blowback from controversial actions. Uh, knowingly undertaken, is not cancel culture. Have I restated that fairly? Yeah, yeah. You
0: should write for Webster's. Those are are very well-articulated definition Well, it's actually just the
1: New York Times v. Sullivan definition on who's a public figure. And if you're living in the fray, you can't be slandered. No one can slander Dan Crenshaw or Hugh Hewitt because we intentionally enter the fray. But if you're a private citizen, the, the slander standard... Changes defamation and libel changes for people who are not public figures. If you're a public figure, you entered the fray, and if people throw verbal kitchen sinks at you, don't cry. And if you're going to enter into the controversy, don't cry that people say you shouldn't be on the team. But if you happen to say something or they dredge up your old comment, that's appropriate. Now, let's move on to, and by the way. This will play out. You'll be on the Sunday shows talking about this, Dan Crenshaw. So get it up. Get your game on and be ready to to go on. Let me ask you about your hotline. With this proviso, critical race theory is a subset of critical legal theory. Critical legal theory has been around since the late 70s, and I went to law school in the 80s, and people mocked it then as critical legal theory as being completely incomprehensible. We now know critical race theory when we see it, but we just don't understand what we're supposed to do about it, what do, you, what do your whistleblower tell you that they're finding, and what ought we to do about it?
0: So what we're finding is, is um, in all of these sort of diversity and inclusion and equal opportunity uh, training sessions that you're seeing throughout the military, you're seeing the principles of CRT laid out into practice, and, and that's what's troubling. And uh, this manifests. So, okay. So, well, first, let's talk about what CRT is, right? It's this, it's this idea that there's this sort of secret racism inherent in all of our institutions. Um, it's a, it it, 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 quote, it is defined as, as challenging the liberal order, uh, the liberal definitions of equality and justice, which just means, which just, by the way, just with just, which just means equality and justice. Now, it does this in favor of. Of, of, of basically favoring some form of discrimination in order to correct for past discrimination. That's like that's the Ibram X Kendi quote. And and guess who's on the CNO's the 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 chief of naval operations leadership reading list? Ibram X Kendi's how to be an anti-racist. So anti-racism thought is is derived from the principles of of CRT, which just assumes that all institutions are racist, and if you can't see it, it's just proof of your privilege. So, like, there's no way to escape it from them. Um, and then when you see it in these in these silly little exercises that our military folks are doing, and they, and they are basically silly, but when you see them manifest th- throughout, um, and we get hundreds and hundreds of complaints that are that are related to this, and we get a lot of corroborating evidence, it starts to seem like a problem. So when troops are doing privilege walks, and told, you know, take one step forward if you're white, take another step forward if you're male, and then, you know, divide each other up that way. You have another case where they're supposed to wear personal identification badges and walk around talking to each other with these badges on. And these badges indicate your your race, your gender, your socioeconomic class, things like that. So, again, the, the entire point being to drive people apart into subsets of identity groups. Um, another... Uh, uh, another strange piece of reading was, um, you know, white privilege unpacking the knapsack or something like that. And it's just a whole manual from the eighties on, on your white privilege and how, and how much better, <clears throat> better you have it. So it's just this, it's anti-racism training, but it's mostly just racist training because um, I mean, if, if you just switch, you know, generally speaking, if if you can switch out the word white for black, and it doesn't sound good, whatever you're doing. It doesn't. It sounds kind of racist. That's because it was always racist. You know, there was a there was a seminar at West Point, and this is what Mike Waltz uh, questioned Secretary of Defense on, and this is this is what uh, General Milley blew up over. There was a seminar called "Whiteness and White Rage," and it, it was taught by a lady who has has long held beliefs that the Republican Party is a white supremacist party, that the institutions of America are based on white supremacy. So this is not this is not some thoughtful. Uh, educator okay as as, as Millie was indi- as Millie was implying that this was all just for situational awareness and you know everybody should learn different ideas. sorry, no, this is propaganda, and it's not as if this was being debated okay it's not as if there was two people on the stage debating, and you know that would actually be an educational thing to see, but that's not what 's happening here, so it's like directly refute the comments that he
1: made on this but uh, yeah, and, and of- command uh, Dan Crenshaw you're a seal. CEO- Waltz is a Green Beret. I've got to ask before I run out of time. On your three deployments to Afghanistan, was race ever an issue among the platoons you led? No, absolutely not. It's, it, 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 it,
0: it, the military is one of the most diverse and inclusive places um, in the country. Um, and, and the reason it is is because our, our system is, so, is designed to be so colorblind. Uh, We wear the same uniform, we go through the same training, we speak the same language, we we get inculcated with the same culture. That's what inclusion actually is, and and it's really important for for mission success.
1: That is, uh, on that note, I'm going to leave it, that's just perfect. That's what inclusion really is. By the way, that's also what the Constitution mandates state action do, which is never, ever be race conscious. Congressman, thank you. Have a great Fourth of July. Good luck in round four and five with Gwen Berry. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.
0: This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The assault on religious liberty continues in our increasingly secular America. The left openly derides religious freedom as an impediment to its moral revolution, and the mainstream media now often use the term religious liberty only in scare quotes as if it isn't even real. But religious freedom is our first freedom upon which all other liberties depend. Our nation's founders understood that, enshrining religious liberty in the very First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Nevertheless, the recent unanimous decision of the U.S. Supreme Court defending the religious liberty of Catholic adoption ministry has brought scorn from the left. Erwin Chimarinsky, Dean of the Law School at the University of California at Berkeley, said that he feared the decision is quote part of a trend expanding the protection of free exercise of religion at the expense of other crucial government interests, end quote. Other crucial government interests? That is ludicrous, but that is the challenge we now face. Religious freedom is not just a government interest, it is a constitutional right. I'm Albert Moeller.